Life is one long journey made up of many detours. Some are chosen and some are not, but they all teach us something along the way. Welcome to the Detour Podcast, where conversations about life detours and travel detours converge. It's one part human experience and one part travel experience, put together to teach and inspire us to take the detour and enjoy the wander. Hey there, Wonder Women and men. Welcome back. I'm your host, Sheila Shinsky, and today we are chatting with Lauren Dykovitz. She's the creator, writer, and blogger of Life, Love, and Alzheimer's. And she's going to tell us her detour story where she was um, a young woman and one of her family members um, received an Alzheimer diagnosis and she became a caregiver. And out of that detour, in her young life, she um, started this blog, wrote a book, and uh, has a podcast, and is on this new journey that she kind of didn't expect to be on at this age. So welcome, oh, Lauren, hi. to the Detour Podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks here. for um, <laughs> hosting here in your home. Yep, sure. You, yeah, you guys uh, might hear her pets, um, Lucy and Oakley, probably Lucy. <laughs> probably. Lucy's the little sassy frass. Yeah, Lucy wants to be on a podcast, she yeah. told me. <laughs> right now she's laying down, so we're going to go with yeah, that and hope. Cross hopeful. our fingers. Yeah, we're going to cross all the things. Okay, mm-hmm. so I came across Lauren's podcast and blog, Life, Love, and Alzheimer's, and I reached out to her privately only to find out she had just moved to the Tampa Bay area and is only about 25 minutes away from me. That's Isn't that weird, right? (laughs) Um, And I don't know exactly how I came across your podcast. I thought a friend of mine from Australia, I originally said that, had shared it. And then I went to go back because I just saw the article, like it was a blog article, Mm -hmm. and I went to go back and find it, and I couldn't find it. And so then I reached out to my friend in Australia, and she's like, I didn't post that, I don't think. (laughs) I thought it was her because her son had had a... um, uh, traumatic brain injury oh, okay. and she advocates for that right. and so that's where I thought it came from so I don't know actually how I found you but you anyways, found me yeah <laughs> um she moved here about a year ago from Delaware yep. with her husband uh, for his job she is a sister an aunt a dog mom to Lucy and Oakley as we know <laughs> and she is the author as I said of learning to weather the storm a story of life love and Alzheimer's And she's the daughter of Jack and Jerry, and Jerry is her mom who received that diagnosis about nine years ago. So we're clear to say that um, although we'll be talking about family experiences um, and Alzheimer's, neither of us is an expert on Alzheimer's. So uh, Lauren likes to say, you know, she's not an expert on Alzheimer's or similar diseases. She just loves someone who has it. Right. So you're an expert in that. Right, exactly. There's plenty of people that know a lot more about the disease than I do, but I know a lot about loving and caring for someone who has it. So that's what I like to share. So So we will just say as a little disclaimer, you know, we'll be talking about some things um, and these are our experiences and our opinions and um, our, right. um, you know, information. Yeah. And um, do your own research and, and right. obviously speak like with to, medical professionals. Right. They like yeah. to say that every person with Alzheimer's, you know, they're like a snowflake. They're all different. And if you've met one person who has Alzheimer's, then you've met one person who has Alzheimer's because they're all different and everyone has a you know very different experience with the disease so 
And we will talk about some of those things that can be commonalities. Mm -hmm. Um, But tell us about your mom, Jerry, before the diagnosis. So I was so spoiled growing up. I had the best mom in the world. Um, Going back, my parents are high school sweethearts. Mm -hmm. So they, they met in high school. My mom was 20 years old when they got married and they tried for 15 years to get pregnant. And they had such a hard time getting pregnant. And finally, when my mom was 35, after 15 years, she got pregnant with my sister. And then I came 11 months later. Uh So it was like, boom, boom, they had the two. And my sister and I were, you know, my mom and dad's whole life. Mm -hmm. And grew up with my mom. She was a stay-at-home mom. Um, but she did so much, you know, she did everything for us, but she volunteered in our school. She came into the lunchroom. She came on field trips all the time, um, brought in snacks, you know, for birthdays and all kinds of stuff. And just was really just always there for both of us. And she made us her whole life well into, you know, high school and even college. And after that, um, And just as a person, she is just, you know, she's my mom, so I'm biased, obviously, but she is the kindest, sweetest soul there is. She's never hurt a fly. She never would hurt a fly. Um, She just loves to love people and to be there and support people. And she's a very, you know, social person. Um, We used to always joke about how we would go to the grocery store and she could talk to like the cashier for like a half an hour and I'd be like mom like you know come on we gotta go and this woman doesn't care that I won you know a spelling bee or trophy or whatever like come on that's such a mom thing though I can remember my mom having a conversation with someone in this store um and she doesn't have Alzheimer's. She's she's not the one I know that has Alzheimer's. But she would she would be the same way. And we would be talking for a half hour, like forty five minutes. And we'd walk away, and I'd be like, "Who was that?" Like just thinking it's somebody in her world that I don't know. And right. she'd be like, "I don't know." Right. Like, oh, My do. mom would become like friends with you know the cashiers at the grocery store because she would talk to them so much every time that she saw them, and she was just. She's never said a bad thing about anybody. She's never done, you know, never Mm -hmm. done anything wrong to hurt anybody. She's just, you know, a sweet, kind, good, innocent person who loves her family to her core and took care of us, you know, our family, our friends and everyone, you know, we were, we were and are her whole life. So she's, yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> so when did that you received this diagnosis with her um, about nine years ago, but um, it kind of comes, did it come on gradually? Yeah. Were there things um, that you started to notice? Uh, and she was young. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> let's back up for one second. I have a family member um, who's, you know, in their 70s that has had a, a recent diagnosis a couple years ago. And so it makes it a little bit tricky because you don't know if some of the things that they're doing and the memory loss is um, just age-related. You're like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, they're getting old, you know. Right. I walk in the kitchen at 40, you know, well, I was like 44 or 43 at the time. You know, like I walk in still now and don't yeah. know why I'm in the room, right. you know. Um, so what did you start noticing that made you want your mom to get checked maybe? Yeah, so she got her um, official you know, diagnosis from the doctor in July of 2010. 
And I would say for a good year and a half before that, my sister and I had been pushing her to go to the doctor and she was hesitant and did not want to go, didn't want to talk about it, neither did my dad. And they were both very much like adamant that there was nothing wrong and they, you know, would handle it on their own. And it was, you know, kind of none of our business. They're very old school in that Mm -hmm. way. Um, what were you noticing? So at the time I would say, and it's hard to pinpoint like exactly when, you know, the Mm -hmm. very first time was, but I remember back in 2009, I spent some time living back with my parents in their house and I would notice her, uh, leaving like little post-it notes all over the place, which was just different for her that it was like, she needed these constant reminders for everything. And she would leave these notes all over the house and it drove me crazy living there um and just forgetting things when we were talking too and we would be on the phone and she would ask me the same question you know 10 times within a few minutes and she would ask me i had a crazy work schedule then and she would ask me when i had to work and then she would ask me again and then she would ask me again and all I would, in one conversation yes just mm-hmm. like asking the same question multiple times mm-hmm. what age was she at this time so she well she was 62 when she was diagnosed and i would say like the earliest that i can remember for sure was at her 60th birthday party when we kind of started to think that you know something maybe was you different. need to go get checked kind of thing and At that point, I don't even think it was that, you know, she needed to get checked. It was initially the forgetfulness, um, repeating herself and asking the same questions over again and things like that. We would just say, pay attention. You're not Uh listening to me. Like, I just told you that. How could you forget when I just told you I have to work tomorrow Mm -hmm. and you're not listening to me. You're not paying attention. Pay attention. And it was things like that initially. Um, and then over time, there became other symptoms that we weren't quite sure what that meant. And those were, you know, personality changes. Like I said, she was a very social person and she would talk to anybody. She became very socially withdrawn mm-hmm. and she would not join in on a conversation. She would sit off to the side by herself. I remember specifically this was in 2010 just months before her diagnosis um my husband back then was my boyfriend but we were moving into a new apartment and everyone came over to help us move my mom normally would have been like unpacking the kitchen and putting stuff here and organizing but she sat on the floor there was no furniture yet so she sat on the floor with her jacket on holding her purse the entire time that we were there moving in and unpacking like she didn't know what to do she didn't know what to do she didn't know her place her role she didn't know what to do and then on top of that she was mad at all of us for for leaving her out like she felt like we were all just doing this thing without her and we were like excluding her from it and that made no sense to us because that was so different from who she normally would have been. Mm-hmm. I can relate um, to that. My father-in-law, it was kind of some of the, the same things. Um, now, he wasn't super social. He was sort of quiet anyways. Um, but you start thinking certain things are just, you know, again, like, oh, they're they're getting older, you know. 
Or we thought um, maybe he needed hearing aids. When you said about, you're not listening to me, you're mm-hmm. not paying attention. We thought maybe he needed hearing aids, that he wasn't hearing us. Yeah. And because it was like, unless he was looking right at your face, f- now we know that was probably a focus thing, not a, we're like, is he reading our lips? Is he not hearing us? Like if he's over here and we're talking, he's in his own world mm-hmm. and not paying attention. And even if we are saying something, it's like he wasn't hearing us. Mm-hmm. And so... We thought that maybe it was a hearing issue and, um, you know, it, but trying to get, you know, going to the doctor and that kind of thing, you know, they, it, it took a little while right. um, as we started to figure out these things too. And then also when we would get together for family things and there was a lot of people, he would sort of do that withdrawal thing. It was like there was too much going on and he would get agitated and my mother-in-law would get frustrated and be like, Bob, like, everyone's here to spend time. Like, what are you getting upset about? Or having, like, loud family fun. Like, why are you agitated? Why could you be agitated? Everyone's just, the the kids running around would be too much for him. And if that we brought our dog, it was like, oh, they brought, you know. Right. And it seemed to be that too much going on, he just couldn't process it anymore. But we still didn't, we just thought he was getting cranky in his old age. Right. Yeah. And we, I mean, we really didn't know what to think of the kind of personality or social changes other than it just wasn't normal for her. And the forgetting things, you know, we would bring that up and that would be a concern of ours. But she would say, I'm just getting older. That happens when you get older. And I would say, but mom, you're not, you know, you're not that old. Mm -hmm. And so it really went to the next level when it wasn't just forgetting a story that she had told us or asking the same question, but she was forgetting how to do things that she had done every day of her whole life. And I just remember the one example that I always go back to is making iced tea. She would always drink iced tea. And if we would go to a restaurant, she would always order unsweetened iced tea. And then she would use sweetener and a lemon, you know, to sweeten it. And that's how she drank it. And she forgot how to do that. And we would Mm -hmm. go to restaurants, she would order an iced tea, and she would just sit there like not drinking it with her unsweet tea, unsure what to what to do with it, what to do didn't know that there was something to do and didn't know didn't remember and I think she knew that like you know okay I put something in this but like she didn't remember what she put in or how to do it um one time she put salt in it instead of the sweetener or she put um just regular sugar which she never did before she always used those little packets of sweetener Mm -hmm. so just starting to do things like that we would be like what are you doing like Mm -hmm. yeah you're putting salt in there and you know, people could accidentally like grab the salt instead of the sugar, but we knew that it was more than mm-hmm. that. And in the beginning, did she try to? Because I think, uh, especially you know, with my father-in-law, he would try to, in a sense, um, like cover, like, oh, I don't know, I, I, I just am not thinking straight today yeah. or something. Or she would laugh it off or try to make you know a joke of uh-huh. it or just laugh it off or um, say you know, oh, that's nothing or, and things like that, you know, definitely trying to, to brush it off and just, you could tell that she was a little bit like nervous about it, or maybe she felt a little bit stupid or embarrassed and Mm -hmm. she would try to, you know, laugh it off. Um, 
and I, I remember, you know, another thing that she would do, it was with more like with her vision where something would be, could be like on the kitchen counter right in front of her, but she could, it was like, she couldn't see it. So she would forever be looking for her glasses and they would be right on the kitchen counter, right in front of her face. But you would say, Mom, they're right there, and she couldn't see them. Mm. And you would try to, like, show her, but she would put her hand next to them. Or, like, she couldn't put her hand on the object. And with a door handle on the door, she would go to grab it above or below or on the other side of the door where, you know, it wasn't. And just things like that that we... That processing it, that your brain needs to do of, mm-hmm. like, eye-hand coordination right. or that was starting right. to, and, um, to fail And also her. what I had learned, not to jump ahead, but, you know, later on I had learned how people who have Alzheimer's get, like, tunnel vision. And so their, um, their scope of vision just kind of, like, narrows further and further and further and further in... And so you can only see a little tiny bit. Like wearing binoculars, you know. Right. Yeah. Like Like wearing binoculars, you can only see a little tiny bit of what's in front of you. So if it's not in your peripheral vision or if it is in your peripheral vision, you know, you're not going to see it. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know what that – I had no idea that that was related to Alzheimer's. Hmm. No clue. Yeah. What was your dad saying during all this time? She's fine. There's nothing wrong. My dad is, um, you know, he doesn't like to talk about things. Uh, and I think with, for one thing, with being such a big age gap between uh, my sister and I and our parents, because they were older when they had us, mm-hmm. they're from a totally different generation. Right. And they're very old school. Mm-hmm. We're the parents. You're the kids. Still to this day, yeah. you know, I'm the kid. <laughs> and like, we will take care of it. It's none of your business. We got this. Mm-hmm. And that's how they were. So my dad would just not talk about it. He mm-hmm. would just... I'll take care of my wife yeah. and go he about your life. Ignore you or walk out of the room and, you know, things were fine. And my mom, over time, she would start to get upset when we would bring it up. And she would say, I'll talk to your father about this. But she did start getting upset. So I didn't want to upset her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, you know, with the social withdrawal, forgetting information or forgetting conversations forgetting how to do things things that she had done every day for her whole life um and the vision stuff where she couldn't distinguish you know something that was uh, 3d from something that was 2d Mm. or just not being able to like put her hand on it all of those things were enough for us to feel like you at least need to go to a doctor and figure out what might be going on but because she was so young still, I don't think any... I think I in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, forgetting stuff, that means, you know, that means you have well, Alzheimer's. and people always say, like, you know, flippantly, like, they say, like, oh, that's my old timers kicking in. Right. They'll say, like, yeah. that little play, you know, old timers kicking in, like, oh, I'm, get, I'm getting old. Like, getting mm-hmm. old sucks, you know? Right. And, and things like that, because as you age, you do, like, mm-hmm. lose a little bit of sharpness, you know, here and there. And, um, but so she eventually went to the doctor and got a diagnosis. And how did the doctor explain to you what was going on with her? Like, what is dementia and Alzheimer's and Uh, how did that all happen? The doctor didn't really. Um, Mm -hmm. I still, 
to this day, I don't know a ton about her actual diagnosis, the process, because we were so left out of it, and yeah. I've never really brought it up to ask. Um, but initially, when she did, didn't even tell us when the appointment was, didn't let us know, didn't say anything until afterwards, and she was like, the doctor says I have anxiety, and they just gave me a prescription for Xanax, and they said that I have anxiety. So see, I'm fine. I don't have anything wrong and you know, that kind of thing. It was like she felt vindicated. Um, and she started taking the Xanax, but every time I went over to her house, she was falling asleep in on the, the chair. Xanax. On the couch, on the chair, because they had her taking the Xanax. So we were like, after you know a little while, my sister and I were like, no. This isn't anxiety. Well, she, it is kind of anxiety because right. your brain is not working or yeah. their brain is not working and they can't process the way they used to. They right. can't keep up in conversations. They're getting agitated. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it it is kind of a form of anxiety, but that's yeah. kind of like the, the that's like, oh, you know, yeah, like the off-the-wall symptom of not the root of the problem. Right. Yeah. What you're experiencing is causing you anxiety. Right, exactly. And so I think it's very easy for a doctor, and this was just at the time her primary care doctor, to just say that you have anxiety. Well, everybody has some yeah. level of anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, so we just knew that it was, it was more than that. We didn't like the, you know, fog that they were putting her in with this um, Xanax and taking this medication all the time and so we kept on them and we kept on them and I don't remember um, the timeline of everything I know my sister and I insisted on going to one appointment with yeah. them and the uh, neurologist it was clear that my mom and dad hadn't told him everything mm -hmm. that we were telling. Like, yeah. the problem is bigger than what they yeah. made it out to be. Mm -hmm. So we were able to give a, a different perspective um, on what we were seeing. And this is a lot more serious than what they're telling you. Um, and then I just remember they did memory tests with her. So they'll give you a list of like five words. Here's these five words. Remember them talk for 10 minutes about something else. Okay, what were those five words? And my mom always knew them because she knew she had to know them. Uh -huh. And she would sit there and just think about it and they would have this conversation, but she's not listening. She's thinking the words. So she always knew those. Mm -hmm. But the other memory tests, um, part of what they do is they'll have like a, th a drawing of like a three-dimensional cube and they want you to replicate it. Well, my mom would draw two squares or triangles like next to each other, but not like a three-dimensional cube. Mm -hmm. um, they would also have you draw a clock. My mom could label the clock. Yeah, right. Draw and label the clock with with the numbers and the arrows, and okay, make the clock say this. You know, two two o'clock or whatever. And my mom couldn't do that. Um, and then she would get anxious. Oh yeah, my father-in-law did these. Yeah, and he had some of the same things. And he was like, "I'm not an artist." Right. And he was and like, mom would get, "So these are stupid." And he yes. would, was so pissed for and, like days. Yeah. Like, my mom would get more so like upset with herself that uh -huh. she couldn't remember this. Um, and then I don't remember. I wish I did, or I wish I would ask. Would it, you know talk to my dad? But. I don't remember what kind of actual tests, if any, that she had done at the time. I mean, this was nine years ago. Yeah. A lot has, you know, technology has advanced. Um, there's new tests that they do now, new 
procedure for diagnosis, but we were left out of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I just know I got the call one day and she told me, they told her that it is Alzheimer's. Yeah. So. So briefly, what is the difference between Alzheimer's, dementia, par- Parkinson's, right. so those when, things? Again, I'm not an expert on the disease. Um, but, but how you understand my it for yourself. My understanding is that dementia is kind of the umbrella term. Dementia is the symptom of memory loss, forgetfulness. Alzheimer's is the disease that actually causes you to have dementia. Um, and dementia can be caused by other things. There's vascular dementia that's caused by having a lot of strokes and heart issues. Um, there's frontotemporal dementia, which is just a specific part of your brain. Um, you can have dementia from drinking. If you have abused alcohol your whole life, then later so- in life you can have a bit of dementia. Dementia um, is basically like, for lack of a better way of saying it, like the brain damage, mm-hmm. the the unfunctioning brain parts that you know uh, that have a reason right. for not functioning. Yeah. It's the main, the you know, symptom of, yeah. of the forgetfulness, the confusion, right. memory loss, and then Alzheimer's is the disease reason for that it. is causing you to to have those issues. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that was always a little bit confusing in the beginning too. And and um, sometimes people will use them interchangeably or doctors will. And so, you know, my, my family members would be like, does he have Alzheimer's or does he have dementia? We thought it was like two separate things. Right. And so it wasn't, you know, eventually, mm-hmm. you, you know, understand like to simplify it even more. It's kind of like um, you can have palpitations from a heart problem right you can have palpitations from drinking monster drinks and right. having too much caffeine in my case i get palpitations when my thyroid medicine is off so p- dementia is like palpitations mm-hmm. and then alzheimer's would be what is the reason that right. you're having that so right. that's kind of um makes it a little bit easier to understand right and then with my mom because of her age it was considered early onset alzheimer's and so a lot of people think early onset means like early, it's the early stages, it's the beginning, it's early onset Alzheimer's mm-hmm. is the, the beginning. Like stage the, one and two. Right, like right. the early part of Alzheimer's, but it doesn't, it just means your age. So you're anyone young. who's yeah. under the age, I believe it's 65, okay. if you're diagnosed with it, under the age of 65, it's considered early onset. And so because my mom was 62 at the time, it was considered early onset, um, but being so young, it wasn't something that we, I think there's a lot more out about it now, and there's a lot more information and people talk about it now, but at the time, I thought Alzheimer's was something that old people got, yeah, and I right. thought my mom is not old enough. So how can she even have this? So yeah. What, mm-hmm. yeah, how could that right. even be, and that can't be you know, what's right. going on, and it wasn't something, it was, in the back of my mind, but it wasn't something that I really truly thought that this is what it could be because she was younger at the time. Yeah. And we didn't have anybody in my family that had had it before. So we had, you know, we had no idea. And I guess it's, you know, we talked about this a little bit before. Um, there isn't really, there are some, you know, science has showed some reasons that people can get Alzheimer's. Um, or dementia and um, 
specifically Alzheimer's or early on, alt, onset Alzheimer's, but there isn't really um, conclusive evidence yet or, or a cure. Right. Um, and so one of the things can just be genetics. Right. Um, so you don't really know exactly what caused if your um, mom has a genetic you know right. reason for having it can it be or... hereditary um you know where you can see a clear line down the family of who gets it um but if if it is hereditary and you have the gene you know and you you're gonna get it but there are a lot of cases where they don't it's not hereditary and they don't know where it comes there from. isn't like an obvious reason yeah of, and there's you know, a lot of um yeah. theories or opinions and things out there that you know they say but as far as they're being like okay if you do this that causes alzheimer's i mean people talk about all kinds yeah. mm-hmm. of things that they brain say how you know yeah and there's all kinds of you know buzzwords out and of course everybody should be you know trying to be as healthy as you can be but right. oh my gosh that changes by the day like yeah you know drink coffee today because it's good for oh, you don't drink coffee you. tomorrow because yeah. it's really bad for you yeah make sure you're having lots of healthy fats mm. don't have fats you'll have a heart yeah. attack you know it so, changes and there's different uh, schools yeah. of thought mm-hmm. and so some people think you know, oh, you know, I've heard it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Eat blueberries. And you want, like, <laughs> like just really? blueberries. Are Don't just... give your mom that cake. I'm like, do you think that she has this disease because she's eating cake right now? Right. I mean, I understand that all various parts of yeah, your lifestyle play a part, play a part in things. Mm-hmm. And everyone has a different... I think it's kind of like cancer too we don't know yeah. we know some things that cause cancer right. like and blatantly it might not be one but thing. yeah but um there's lots of things that you know it's like there's people that you know never smoked but get mm-hmm. lung cancer you know yeah. i just think it's um a lot of theory in trying to solve the mystery of these diseases that we haven't been able to find a right. cure for yet and right. so you know it's there's a lot of stuff out there, and it can be uh, overwhelming to right. figure out what you can do, if anything. Right. Yeah. And I think nowadays um, there are, unfortunately, so many people whose lives have been touched by Alzheimer's mm-hmm. that it's maybe a little bit more on their radar now. Mm-hmm. But nine years ago, when my mom was diagnosed, it wasn't something that you heard about that much or knew. I knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I just thought you forget stuff. Yeah. You, you have memory loss right. and you forget stuff. And unless it is genetic and you've seen various other family members have the disease and, and go through that, unless you've witnessed that, you know, it's not necessarily on your radar. Mm-hmm. And it's you can so just, easy. and especially if it's not early, you can just think, like we said earlier, like, oh, well, people get older and they mm-hmm. forget stuff. And, they right. get they slow down and like my father-in-law lost a lot of weight. I didn't realize that had anything to do. We were taking the doctor. We thought he had like some kind of other problem because mm-hmm. he lost and he lost like 25 pounds in a short amount of time. And then um you know, it was funny because my my husband was kind of like getting on my my mother-in-law like you're working him to death. Let him let him sit down, you know, because yeah. he always seemed overwhelmed and overworked and tired and he was losing weight and yeah. and you know, he just wanted to sit in his chair and like you know, be in his little world, I guess, because it was less 
anxious for him to do right. that. And we were like, you know, get off his butt and quit giving him jobs to do. It's right. too hot outside and, you know, all this stuff and everything. And, and she was like, I have to, like, keep him busy or he'll just sit here all day, you know. And right. we just thought it was all these other things right. than what it was really going on. And until we, like, you had spent, like, one of, like, 24-7 with them for, yeah. for a certain amount of time. We're like, this is not right normal. <laughs> and the yeah. memory loss alone, I still don't know if that would have been enough uh, for uh-huh, us right. to, to see. You know, mm-hmm. my, my mom ended up getting into a really minor um, fender bender accident. And she said because she was driving home and she forgot the turn into her neighborhood. And we were like... How could you forget? That's more than just forgetting someone's name or forgetting, uh, you know, that you had an appointment today. But you're driving to your neighborhood, taking a route that you take all the time, and you forgot the t- you, you forgot you your didn't turn know you were supposed to turn there to the yeah. point that someone rear-ended you. And my dad even has a whole other story about what happened with that accident. <laughs> so like, I don't even know what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I just know she called me and told me she got into an accident. She forgot to turn into her neighborhood and someone hit her. And then, you know, he asked for her information, but she didn't even think to ask for his. Oh, so, so just, just things like that. that yeah, just, people that are like typically would have it together right. and all of a sudden they don't have it together. And, and you're I just what's would going have on. never, you know, if it hadn't, if it was just forgetting like, an appointment or forgetting somebody's name. Or, yeah, everyone does that, right? Right, but just the fact that it was just so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And we would always say, too, oh, she's just ditzy. Yes, know? right. She's just like, that's just my mom. Mm-hmm. She's just ditzy like that. Um, but over time, you know, you start to look at it and you're like... Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure you just sort of felt something in your gut, like something's not right. Right, and, and then... I you mean, don't know what's not right, yeah. but something's not right. You have you know? to talk to your other family members too, because yes. I was they noticing see things, things. right? And I'm thinking, okay, this is just me. But then my sister's saying, no, I saw that. And then she did this. And then you're like, what? what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you put mm-hmm. it all together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but they were just very... Um, evasive about it and not wanting to deal with it I'm sure my dad saw so much more stuff that none of us even know about to this day yeah but he didn't want to say anything because then he was giving it life and he didn't want it to be real yeah there is it's the 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 denial can be a real uh, problem for um, this yeah it's especially the spouse it's Mm -hmm. the the one that is there every day you kind of don't notice and then somebody comes in and they're like that's not you know I think you just don't notice you're like oh well right that's no big deal or that's this or that's that and right it take the denial really um is an um, impediment to yeah. getting help to getting the diagnosis yeah. and to getting down that road and you know if it's not like I said if it's not hereditary and genetic it might not even be something that you're thinking, thinking of about. I can't speak for that because it's you know in my case it's not hereditary, hereditary. I've never had another family member that mm-hmm. I know of that has had the disease um, but I almost feel like like for myself now when I start to forget stuff I'm like oh my god I know I, I know it. and I know mm-hmm. that if and when god forbid that day comes 
I'm going to go to the doctor because I'm going to, because I've been through this with yeah. my mom. Mm-hmm. But for people who have never gone through it before, you're you not have no thinking idea that what's way. going on. Yep. And it might not even be, you're just, you know, there's a problem, but you don't have any idea what it could be. Mm-hmm. And Alzheimer's is not always something that comes to mind. It's not, that you're thinking it's not of. that blatant. Yeah, yeah. Right off the bat. So is that why you started the blog, wrote the book, do the yeah, podcast. So I started writing my blog um, in October of 2014. So I guess my backstory to that um, I was a police officer and I did not like my job. I didn't like my hours, um, shift work, working nights, weekends, holidays, and just dealing with the people day in and day out. It just wasn't what I wanted it to be, and I was unhappy with it. Along that road, my mom got diagnosed. Um, I kept working my job. I still did not like it. It was not fulfilling me. I wasn't happy there. Um, And meanwhile, my mom is getting worse and worse, and she's getting to the point where she really needs someone home with her to help and to take care of her and just to at least keep her company. Um, So over time, things kind of came to a head where I knew I had to leave the job or I was going to have like a nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. And I did not have another job. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And my mom needed help. So I thought, I'm just going to quit the job and start taking care of my mom. Yeah, Um, I can really help out. I lived two miles down the road, I think, from them. And my dad was still working full-time because it's another thing when they're younger. My dad had a full-time job. My dad right. was going to work mm-hmm. every day. My mom never worked, never wanted to get a job. We couldn't convince her to do anything. Um, so she still stayed home and she was home by herself a lot. Yeah. So that's what I started doing. I think I was 28 when I started doing that. And I was going over, um, taking care of her part-time like a few days a week for a few hours while my dad was at work cleaning the house, which had gotten like out of control because mm-hmm. my mom wasn't cleaning anymore. Um, so doing that and just spending time with her and taking her places, doing laundry. Yeah, doing but all that you were available and and were the one that could help out and do that and right. And, and then you, you know, um, in a nutshell, became her caregiver right. for I was a while. Essentially, a part time caregiver. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the so blog I, started because you just wanted to get your feelings. Was it for yourself? Did you think, I need to tell other people what's going on? Was it self-therapy? A little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, so after doing the, the part-time caregiving for a couple of years, maybe, um, my husband, we had to move for his job again. Um, we were in Alabama. I wasn't taking care of my mom anymore because we were living away which it was only going to be temporary. Mm -hmm. So I thought, I need to do something with this time that I have. We're Mm -hmm. only here temporarily. I'm not getting a job or anything here. I need to do something with this time. I have all this experience now being a caregiver in my 20s, which I never thought. Right. And I still didn't know anybody my age that was going through what I was going through. And back then... um, Maybe towards that time, Facebook and everything was getting like, just I getting think I started. had just gotten an yes. Instagram. Like, <laughs> it was becoming more of a thing. Uh-huh. But before that, it really wasn't. And right. not everyone 
was on Facebook or no, Instagram you, or you had, had bloggers or news articles right. or websites. Yeah. And so I would Google, mm-hmm. you know, Alzheimer's and you would get like the Alzheimer's Association website and that yeah. was it. But no, I want like real people Pe- that mm-hmm. are going through or have been through this. And I didn't know anyone my age that had been down that road. So I thought, why not me start sharing this story? And I have always loved to write. The one thing about being a police officer that I loved writing reports. You know, like, <laughs> You're like probably the I only like, police yeah, officer ever. Because they're like, like that's going to... I knew I was good at that. And I knew I could like, oh, I really just enjoy like telling Putting it all down. Right. And police uh, reports are, you know, you tell a story. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about it. Um, and people would always ask me to read their reports and like correct them and stuff. So that was always... And I did in high school, I did take you know, writing journalism classes and Mm -hmm. things like that. So it had always been something I enjoyed doing. And I just thought as kind of a self therapy to sit and write this all out and write my feelings out will make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And also if I can reach just like one person Mm -hmm. who needs to read what I have to say, then that's worth it. Mm -hmm. So I started it um, not with really any kind of plan, just this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to try to um, reach out to other people my age that are going through this and just share that, you know, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. There's somebody else that has been through this. So I started the blog and was sharing it with friends and family and things. Um, And it was still very early on, but everyone was like, oh, you should write a book. You're such a great writer. You know, you should write a book. Your blog is so good. You know, it could become a book. Um, and so very early on into blogging, I started writing my book and just wrote that in the meantime, moved back to Delaware again, started helping out with my mom, taking care of her again, finished writing the book, ended up self-publishing it through Amazon, through Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then I started paying more attention to my social media presence and trying to grow my audience there to reach even more people so I kind of did it backwards a little bit but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's gotten out there now (laughs) and now I have I know tons of people my age who are going through it have been through it their you know their journey is even over now Mm. um or young people that are just now even older people and people of all ages men and women with various relationships to their loved one who has Alzheimer's, I've connected with a lot of people through social media. You yeah, know? it is good for some things. So. Yeah, for sure it is. For it, it does make those connections when you can reach out there and and find people that um, you know are on a particular subject that you're right. interested in or or something that you're going through. That that is the good thing about um, social media. Right. Would you say that your um, your blog now is kind of just um because you're not a daily caregiver for your mom anymore so is it just um chronicling you know all these stages and your mom still is yeah my mom is still living living um so 
I moved again (laughs) from Delaware to Florida this time, which is how we met. Mm -hmm. Um, For my husband's job, again, he's lucky to have me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We follow these guys all over the place. But, you know, that was a hard thing for me to do because my mom is still living. She's coming up this August will be nine or July. Sorry. Will be um, nine years since she was diagnosed. She's uh, late stage. She still lives at home with my dad. But they do have um, home health that comes in and and helps care for her. Um, They have that. Usually it's supposed to be every day um, for a few hours a day that they come in and help care for her. Um, But leaving, you know, was a big decision because even though I'm not the one there caring for her every day I still wanted to be near her Mm -hmm. so it was hard to move away and and to to not be there to see her every day and so you know people call it long distance caregiving which people are doing that a lot more than I am because Mm -hmm. there are people who really are taking care of their loved ones from afar I have been fortunate enough that I, I don't necessarily have to do that because my mom has my dad and they do have help in the house and everything. Um, so I'm in more of a daughter role now, um, but I am still there and involved in what's going on and with her care. And I would say that now I am more so there for my dad and just to kind of look out for him, him and support him and check in with him. And so I just kind of share like whatever is going on right now. You know, I've been every type of caregiver. I've been mm-hmm. the one who works full time and I don't have time to help out and I'm non-existent. I've been the part-time caregiver a few days a week. I've been so consumed and obsessed with my parents' lives and their care um, that I've been there all the time. Like the full-time care. Like giving up everything else that I have going on, dropping what I'm doing to run to their house, to be there. And now I'm the long-distance caregiver. So I can kind of relate to... All those different types of of everybody, um, and just sharing um, a lot more of the emotional aspect of how this feels to care for and love someone who has Alzheimer's. And I just want people to know that what whatever you are feeling is normal, Mm -hmm. because we have all someone, one of us, has felt that way Mm -hmm. at some point. Mm -hmm. So I just like to share that so that people know. They're not alone, mm-hmm. and they're not alone in their journey, their experience, and they're also not alone in, in their feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. that they have going through this. And so some of the feelings, you know, that you can have is, especially early on when you don't know what's going on, you can have these, well, and all the way through, because it is difficult. There are feelings of frustration. There are feelings of guilt um, if you're not spending a whole lot of time or that you need a break because it's very rough to handle. There's feelings of um, fear, Mm -hmm. um, disappointment. There's also um, some positive feelings, you know, and and we can kind of talk about, you know, you can elaborate as well, but we kind of talk about too, because they sort of regress um, to being like, a child, you know, mm-hmm. younger and younger and younger to the point where they are almost sort of, you know, needing full care like an infant would. But prior to that, they do some really cute things, right. you know, when they're um, 
um, you know, like one story, my, my father-in-law, you know, he didn't want to go, he had a cold, he had something going on with his throat, he had a cough, and my um, sister-in-law was going to take him to the doctor, and he decided that day, you know, he didn't want to go to the doctor, and she's like, well, you've had this cough, you got to go get checked, we need to make sure it's not anything serious, and he's like, no, I don't want to go today, and she's like, well, we have an appointment at such and such time, I'm here to take you, you've got to go, and he's like, nope, you know, cross his arm. And then he t- he takes off his shoes. And he's like, well, I don't have my shoes on, so I can't go, you know. <laughs> and he's like. That's great logic. Yeah, he's like, well, I can't go now because yeah. I don't have my shoes on. And she's oh, like, darn. dad, put your shoes on. You're going to yeah. go. I have to go to the bathroom. So then yeah. he goes and hangs out in the bathroom for a while. And he's like, oh, I can't stay in the bathroom forever, you right, know. Yeah. So then he comes out and, you know, and he's like, okay, fine, I'll go. But they're not putting that stick in my mouth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you know cute you know, things like that that are just adorable yeah I mean don't get me wrong it's it's a very dark and difficult journey and I was very impatient uh, in the beginning and I would snap at my mom all the time and then I would feel guilty for snapping at her and not having patience with her or not spending enough time with her and I've gone through resentment for other other women my age whose moms don't have Alzheimer's uh-huh, and yeah. I had just the gotten, why me or why my mom yeah, why or, is this happening to me yeah. and my mom as I said in the beginning they don't of, deserve this yeah. you know you just said like like I said in the yeah. beginning of the podcast you know how great of a person yeah. my mom was and how nice and sweet why is this happening to her mm-hmm. you know why is this happening to me I feel mm-hmm. sorry for myself yeah. and I had just gotten engaged when she was diagnosed. So I planned my wedding without her and mm-hmm. she was there physically, but not in, you know, in another Invested capacity. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt sorry for myself. And then I'm angry that other people aren't going through this. I'm angry that I, my mom was diagnosed when I was 25 and I've been robbed of this adult life with my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what that's like mm-hmm. to be an adult who has a mother. I don't mm-hmm. know what that's like, mm-hmm. but if you open your eyes and your heart and your mind, you know, there, there is joy to be found in the journey and there is light and love and laughter in Alzheimer's. There Mm -hmm. is. And I only learned that through being there and spending so much time with my mom and being a caregiver and, um, singing songs with her we have this old mcdonald we sing that all the time and mm-hmm. i have this video of us singing it and she sings the e-i-e-i-o part uh-huh. and she's still now i can get her to to do it now and she comes out sometimes and she'll unexpectedly call me lauren and mm-hmm. call me her daughter and things like that where on the regular she doesn't recognize you anymore no, she or... doesn't know who i am yeah um if i tell her you know she'll you know okay or she at least yeah. plays along you mm-hmm. know they know how to play along with stuff too i yeah. have to say mm-hmm. like they do know how to play along with certain things and they are listening even if you don't think they're listening and even if they can't communicate back to you they they're are taking there it in. and they mm-hmm. are listening and you can reach them if you try and that's what I've learned. Um, and in my time as a caregiver, I started doing activities with my mom, doing crafts with her, you know, things you might do with, with a toddler, but doing things, painting things with her. And we had fun and we had laughs and we would go for walks and she would throw the ball to my dog. And you really just like on the smallest scale because you know the little things are the big things and mm-hmm. you start to really appreciate things 
that I would never have been thankful for before mm-hmm. my mom had Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can't talk on the phone anymore, but we do. I try to FaceTime with her and my dad usually like once a week. And there are times when I am like dreading it mm-hmm. because it's it's hard to do that. And she doesn't talk mm-hmm. much or at all, or she won't, you know, answer questions back. or communicate yeah. at all. And I dread doing it. But then what I started doing a few months ago, as soon as I hang up from the FaceTime call, I go on my phone and I start making notes of all the good stuff. Mm. What's all the positive things that happen? Like, okay, today she said, I love you too. I mean, and that is literally like, it makes your heart melt when you say, I love you and they say it back. Or she says my name or she said something funny or Mm -hmm. things like that, um, which could be just her saying the wrong word or saying a word the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And we just laugh because it it sounds so crazy. And it's like, she knows that she made a, you know, a mess up a Mm -hmm. little bit, but we laugh about it. And so if you write those down, then you're looking for them because I'm thinking during the phone call, what are the good things that I can say? Uh, You're you're focusing on, you're you're not focusing on on that. My mom's not looking at me. She's not talking to me. She's just she looks worse physically than the last you're not looking you're not focusing on those things you're pulling out all the good things I'm really having this I know you don't have children yet but um it really is like having a baby or a toddler because if you think about if you have your own children when they're babies you're just um so much of the day-to-day of caring for a baby or a toddler is like the hard stuff like they're throwing tantrums and you're changing diapers and you're put that down get off of there stop this that that you know and especially if you're you know a stay-at-home mom with little ones you can get really overwhelmed by that and like oh these kids are driving me nuts you can't get anything done you know so on and so forth but then you also have those moments where like the you know the baby's like says like mama like oh you know, you're like, this is your cup. And they're Always like, right with the world. You know, you're like, you said yeah, cup! Right. You said cup! Right. You know? And or, that's how yeah. it is when mm-hmm. I say, hi, mom. And she says, hi, Lauren. Oh, my God. You're, you, you know my Lauren. name. Yeah. You know my name. And you said it on your own. And you referred to me as your daughter. You know that I'm you, your mom. Yes. Yeah. Or that you're my mom. Yeah. And it is things like that that you really... I said it, you know, on my Facebook or blog one time or something like 10 years ago, if you would have told me that one day I would be thankful that my mom knew my name and Mm -hmm. called me by my name without me having to tell her what my name is. If you would have told me that one day I would be thankful for that. That wasn't going to be on your gratitude list. Yeah. (laughs) 10 years ago. Yeah. Now that is something that warms my heart. And I am so, if that's the only good thing that comes out of the phone call, that's a really good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because she knows, my mom doesn't know who I am, but she knows me. Yeah. She knows me. Mm -hmm. I know that she does. And I refuse to believe that she doesn't. There's a bond there that nothing can touch. Nothing can break because she knows 
me. She knows yep. my voice. She knows my presence. Yeah. She knows when my dad walks in a room mm-hmm. and he hasn't even said a word and mm-hmm. she knows that he's there. Yeah. And it's just something that they know she's you on still another in, level. Yeah. She's still in there. Her body's failing her. Yeah. But she's still in there, you know. And so if you you know actively and believe me I've been the lowest of the low I have been depressed Mm -hmm. I have not wanted and I still get that way now even not being a part of the daily life but especially when I was going there every day Mm -hmm. I I had like a near nervous breakdown in the driveway at my parents house Christmas Eve because we were trying to throw that one last Christmas Eve party at my mom and dad's house because who knows what will happen next year and we'll never be able to do this again and we've got to make it perfect this is the last chance Mm -hmm. and I stressed myself (laughs) doing everything to try to make this the world's most perfect Christmas party Mm -hmm. and I was broken and sobbing, crying for the world to see, you know, Mm -hmm. in the driveway of my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And it was shortly after that that I asked for help, that I said, I can't do this anymore. It it has broken me. Right. And Mm -hmm. we need more help. Yeah. And, you know, in, in many ways, being, you know, able to get help and to have caregivers come in who are not family... I have been able to become a daughter again, and I'm mm-hmm. so lucky because yes. so many people don't get that. Yeah, and I'm so lucky to have had that. And in that time, I have really learned to hunt the good stuff, to mm-hmm. look for the joy and the positive things, and to make gratitude lists after every phone call. And what did we say that we laughed about? And take videos of my mom doing things and singing songs and Mm -hmm. things like that that I would have never done if if I was so wrapped up in the day-to-day, okay, let's bathe and let's dress and let's brush teeth and let's do Mm -hmm. this. And, you know, they always say the days are long, but the years are short. Mm -hmm. And it's so true, you know, I'm sure for parents and in caregiving because holy crap, it's been nine years. Yeah, that is exactly, I mean, I, you know, it is exactly like raising children because again, those, I can think back to, there was a period of time when all three of my kids were under five and it was, it's like a three year period that honestly, like there's snippets that I can recall because it was like, just, it felt like just survival of just feeding and clothing and like basic necessities of these children getting through life every day. And like, snap your fingers blink your eyes Mm -hmm. they're in college right you know and obviously (laughs) caring for a parent or someone who is sick or disabled is is different from being a parent because when you're raising children you're there is a lot of joy and you're looking for the milestones right progressing and they're growing there's a there's a future i think is there's a future and you're helping them to get to their future what are you helping someone with alzheimer's do you're watching the decline are you helping them die right are you helping them in their end of life and yes you know you might think to yourself what's the point in this you know they're Mm -hmm. gonna die anyway and believe me there are days when I have wished my mom would die mm-hmm. because I want this to be over for her right. and my dad and myself. And yeah. I don't want us to suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you, if I met a caregiver who said they never had that thought, I wouldn't believe them. Yeah, me either. Because it's not that you want the person dead or gone. Yeah. You want their suffering to end. You want yeah. them to be at peace. And yeah. you do feel that. But you have to know that you can make the end of their life joyful and happy if even for 
moments at a time. And that's the purpose of, you know, being there and being in their life and just, you know, the one thing that investing whatever you can in it. Right. The one thing that they will always know that Alzheimer's can never take away is love. They can Mm -hmm. feel love and you can feel their love. And what better way to spend, you know, your time with them in the end of their life and to exchanging love with each other for the little bits of joy and the little bits of good stuff that you still have in the end of their journey. And so that's what I try to share a lot. Um, on my blog and also a lot on, I share my gratitude lists on my Facebook and Instagram a lot. So if you want to read them, you know, it, my mom told it's me the not same to. Thing. Life, Love, and Alzheimer's right. is the title of those My mom Facebook told me not page. to eat a turtle the other day. So it's <laughs> like, you know, just things that you're like. Yeah. And yeah, I can laugh at that because it's, it's silly. silly. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. my mom and mm-hmm. it's not, she laughs with me because yeah. she, it's like on some, some part of her knows, knows that that wasn't silly. right. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. Like, or just yeah. I'm laughing. So she's laughing and yeah. we're having a great time. And mm-hmm. so I try to share those things that like, yeah, you are going to feel dark and down and at the end of your rope and even more so for someone who is a full time everyday caregiver, which mm-hmm. my heart goes out to them. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. You know, yeah. you do it because you have to, and you do it out of love. Um, but I have been fortunate to have, you know, kind of a, step back from that where I can see a different perspective and share that to try to encourage people to bring joy and be thankful for things in the end of their life. And it is going to be hard. I'm, I'm never going to say that it's not hard. Mm-hmm. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be consumed, overwhelmed with guilt and every emotion in the book. Mm-hmm. And there will be very dark times, mm-hmm. but there will also be some light times. Yeah, it's not all darkness. And the dark times make the light times that much better. Yeah. And you'll well, be that much more thankful that you have them. So, Lauren, you have been incredibly open, incredibly encouraging, giving, forthcoming. And I know that there's going to be somebody that gets something out of this. I know I got something out of this just myself talking to. And I know other people will listening to this podcast, listening maybe to your podcast, which she's got some episodes on there. She's mm. going to resume. We're trying to encourage each <laughs> other. Of she's trying to fell off the podcast a while back. I'm trying but. to encourage her to get back on the podcast, and she's trying to encourage me to get back on the blogging. Right, we're yeah. trying to encourage each other. Um, and I just appreciate that, you know, you have taken this very sharp detour that life has thrown at you, and, and you are finding a way to embrace it and find joy and find um life and light still um with your 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 family and your mom you know going through these things so i thank you so much for um taking the time and and sharing so openly it was nice to sit and chat talk about my mom and my mission and my purpose and everything so it was it's been fun Well, listeners, thank you so much for listening. You can um, find Lauren on her website, lifeloveandalzheimers.com, her Facebook page, her Instagram page, and you can buy her book, Learning to Weather the Storm, A Story of Life, Love, and Alzheimer's on Amazon. And there is a book version and an ebook version. Yeah, it's available in paperback or you can get it in ebook. 
Um, and yeah, and that's on Amazon. On Amazon. And thank you so much for listening to the Detour Podcast. You can follow, interact, and ask questions about this episode and others on our Facebook page, the Detour Podcast, and at Instagram at Sheila Shinsky, and that is S H E I L A S H Y N S K I. To hear more conversations like this one, you can listen to more episodes on Podbean and iTunes. And be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe so you can join us as we take the detour and enjoy the wander next time. Have a wonderful day, and thank you so much for listening. Thanks again, Lauren. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.